Welcome to the She Did It Her Way podcast, where it's all about making the ultimate leap from your nine to five and building a business and life you love, all while doing it your way. I'm your host, Amanda Bolin. Let's get started. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today, I am talking all about how to create weekly content without the overwhelm. Creating consistent content is more important than making sure that you produce weekly content because if you produce content every other week and you do it consistently, that is much, much better than doing it one week, missing two weeks, and then doing it again. Because ultimately what you want to do is train the people who are showing up and consuming your content. And they, not necessarily train, but once you start doing it, they start to expect it. And when you don't show, that's when questions arise. And what I've found when I work with people and individuals, one of the biggest hurdles when it comes to creating content is how do I get my ideas? Where do I even start? And that starts to create this snowball effect of overwhelm in which then they find themselves not even taking action. And so in this podcast episode, I want to be able to break it down on how to create weekly content and remove the overwhelm. So you're not sitting in front of your mic, let's say if you produce a podcast or you're not sitting in front of your video camera, if you do YouTube or you're not sitting at your desk looking at a blank screen when you need to type for a blog post because there is it's so important to create consistent content. Again, whether it's weekly or biweekly or even monthly. And for some, the thought of creating consistent content can seem overwhelming and daunting, especially if your time is limited. So if you are working a full-time job and you are working and wanting to build weekly content, it can seem a little overwhelming, but I promise you that if you follow a process, you can break it down to where it doesn't overwhelm you. And so today, first, creating consistent content is important, and it's important for a couple of reasons. One, it establishes authority and credibility in your market or industry, and you're giving yourself a voice and a chance for others to engage with you and listen or read or watch, whatever it is that you have to say based on your experience. Second, it builds brand awareness because it is a way for you to engage with your target audience through establishing yourself as that authority. And third, it helps with search engine optimization, which is also known as SEO. When you create consistent content and quality content and engaging content, the Googles of the interwebs will push your content up higher so that when someone searches for something, let's say using a keyword, and if your content aligns with it and Google searches it, then it's going to show up in the top rankings. And so it's going to get more eyeballs on it. Now, Let's transition into how to create weekly content even when you don't have time and to do it without the overwhelm because we already know that creating some sort of weekly content is important. It's also important to do it in an engaging way and knowing who your target audience is. So this is already assuming that you know who you want to speak to and you know who's going to get the value out of your content. And if creating weekly content isn't in your cards, then maybe start out by creating bi-weekly content. Again, it does it matter what the cadence in which you create what matters more is the consistency around the content that you create so either way what I'm about to share with you will help you shave off hours when it comes to producing content and provide you a roadmap and after producing over 300 podcast episodes, I can tell you that one of the most pieces in doing so that has helped me save time 
is developing my content producing system from collecting content ideas to drafting outlines and create final draft to publishing the content. I still create all of my content. I do not outsource it. Um, do I intend to or do I hope to in the future? Yes, but not all of it. I hope to be able to work with someone that can help me create these ideas and again, remove more of the big energy blocks off of my plate. But for now, I'm still the one that is creating the content. So I need to make sure that one, it's meaningful and engaging. And two, it doesn't consume a lot of my time and I'm doing it in an efficient and productive manner. So the first thing you want to do is create a process for how you go from start to finish when creating your content, whether that is for a podcast, a blog post, YouTube video, or anything else, whatever you name it. The process that I use is a five-step process. Number one is brainstorm phase slash data collection. Number two is the content calendar. Number three is what I call an outline slash first draft. Number four is finalize and proof. And number five is produce and schedule. Now, throughout this whole process, you're going to create a system so that you can optimize the process and be as efficient as possible. Again, a lot of you have full-time jobs, so you need to be as efficient and effective as possible. And if you're working full-time, you still want to do that too, right? Am I right? Yes. Like if we can do things more productive and do the right things at the right time, that is key. Now let's go back to step one of the five-step process, the brainstorm data collection phase. This is where you are generating all possible ideas for your content. Collecting ideas, what I have found, has tend to be a 24-7 thing. And when I say 24-7, I mean that you could be in a grocery checkout line, reading or listening to something that then sparks an idea for content, and you want to jot it down so you don't forget or type it into a specific location on your phone. And this is a really great passive way to collect and brainstorm ideas. Um, there's other ways that I'm going to share with you as well that you can generate different content ideas but I've always found it helpful to have a specific place so that if an idea or someone mentions something to me in Instagram or wherever it's at or email, I have a designated place that I collect all of them, which makes it easy when I go into the vault and I'm like, hmm, what content do I get questions on? Now, that is a passive way. So if you're standing in the grocery line and you're like, oh, I got an idea, that's passive. An active way to collect ideas is to do research. And one of the great ways that I've found to do this is via Facebook groups. Facebook groups are an amazing resource to find information about what your target market has questions about. When I'm looking for content ideas for the podcast or even maybe opt-in ideas, I do a quick search in the search bar of a few Facebook groups to see what the trends are. And this is extremely helpful and takes very little time. Now, it's important to find Facebook groups that have potential customers or your target avatar in them so that you can really get a sense of maybe what are the challenges they're experiencing or what of the questions that they might have. And so even though if you're not engaged in that conversation, you can easily use Facebook groups as a way to search for content. Another way is to email your list. And this is this doesn't matter if you have 20 people on it or 200,000 people on it. This is really, really great data. And this is important is because one of the members in Her Way Society had an opt-in on her website, her core opt-in, and she found that it wasn't converting to the extent that she would like. And she kind of felt like something was missing. So I encouraged her. I said, hey, I want you to go back. I want you to survey your email list. I want you to dive into Facebook groups. And I want you to ask questions, open-ended questions to really pull out 
What is it that your target audience is struggling with? And lo and behold, she found out that what she originally thought that they needed help with wasn't the case at all. It was something else that they really needed help with. And she didn't even realize that that could have been a possibility. And so this exercise not only helped her gain clarity on her target market, but also gave her a jumping off point for content creation, which then if she knows more about her target audience, she creates better content, it's going to be more engaging. She's going to ultimately like indirectly just by doing that is going to attract the people that she wants to attract through her weekly content. You can also use a resource called Answer the Public. It is an outline. Um, it's an online tool that allows you to generate ideas for your content posts. It's a visual keyword search and you type in a phrase, for example, quote, quit my job, unquote. And what it'll do is it'll come up with questions related to your phrase, which also helps you with ideation for content. The last one that you can do is conduct 20 minute phone calls. This is slightly a little bit more labor intensive, um, but sometimes can reap really, really great benefits. I did this years ago, uh, which she did it her way. This was, oh my gosh, back, I want to say like three or four years ago when we first started. And I learned so much about who's tuning in and why. And I used a Calendly link where people could easily sign, easily sign up for call times. And you can do Calendly if you only use one calendar, I believe it's free to you. So there's little to... Um, there's a little to no barrier to do this, to learn more. Now, for all these data collection points, it's important to have a single data collection place. If you have too many, it'll be difficult to keep track of and therefore become inefficient and zap your energy. For this, I found that using the Evernote app and creating a note that says content ideas so that there is one centralized place where I store all the content ideas and when I'm ready to sit down, I can open up my Evernote and get to work. This helps me avoid any blank stares at the computer screen when I'm racing against the clock or it helps you avoid any blank stares at the computer screen when you're racing against the clock to produce valuable and engaging content. I've also used the voice to text feature in Evernote if I have something something I want to capture, but I can't necessarily type fast enough. It might be something that I'm like, this is totally funny. Or well, I think it's funny. I might be brushing my teeth or washing my face and I get this inspiration and it's about like a phrase and something that I just want to capture. What I'll do is I'll just open up Evernote and I'll click the record of the voice, the voice to text feature. Um, actually, no, I back up. It's not voice to text, but you can just record your voice and it stores within the Evernote again. So it's all in a centralized location. Yours doesn't have to be Evernote. It could be, if you have an iPhone, you could just use the notes section, but I found that because Evernote is pretty seamless between my laptop and my phone, I can access it anywhere and it makes it super, super easy and seamless to collect all that con all the content ideas. Step two, create a content calendar. So a content calendar helps you organize your content, provides a 50,000 foot view of your content and allows you to plan around key events or important dates. For example, if you're in the health industry, you may want to plan specific content around the new year on how to maintain um, your health during the holidays. And so you really want to look at the trends. If you're a blogger, let's say you're a fashion blogger, you are probably definitely going to incorporate major holidays. You're going to incorporate things to do for Valentine's Day, maybe Easter, maybe Hanukkah, maybe Christmas, whatever that might be. You can really start to look at your calendar, your content calendar, and build in content 
content that way. And just know that your content calendar is a living, breathing document and you'll constantly be making changes to it. One of the things that I have found now, I mean, to be honest, like if you, if you've been following the podcast, you know that the podcast was originally started because out of a hobby, I was traveling a lot. I felt a little lonely out on the road, going from hotel to hotel, living out of a suitcase. And so instead of starting a blog, I started this podcast. It's only been since 2018 of last year that I really started to understand the importance of building a content calendar and leveraging our launches that are coming up. Are they perfect? Absolutely not. But if you can start to get in the mindset of looking at a content calendar and identifying what are the big key pieces that are coming up that you can then design your content to fit that, that is key. So for example, if someone like, and I don't know this for a fact, I have no idea. I don't follow it super closely, but like I can give the example that if Amy Porterfield knows that she is launching one of her courses in October, she is probably following her 90 day launch formula or launch plan, which you can download that off of her website. It's amazing. I've been using it and will be using it in the future for some of our launches that we're gearing up for. And it is fantastic. So she knows that her podcast and the content that she's producing is going to align with that launch that is coming up. So 90 days before she's getting ready to launch, let's say her email list building lab or a course that she has, she is probably going to create content that is relative to email list building. So that's just to give you an idea of how you can become more um, intelligent, let's say, with your content calendar and so that you can start creating content and priming who's ever showing up, reading, listening, or watching. So priming them to get them ready for what it is that you're going to offer. So that is just another way to look at your content calendar as well. And know that if you already have content, you can repurpose it and make minor tweaks to it. You don't always have to reinvent the wheel. One of the things that stood out for me um, from last year's summit was when the founders of Think Creative Collective, Emily and Abigail said that you don't need to produce more content. You just need to get your content out in front of different eyeballs. And this was such a great reminder for me because A, we don't always need to create new content. We can repackage it. And B, we don't need to create new content. Maybe it is a matter of getting in front of new eyeballs. And from that just moment and that would they have that what they had shared in that moment. Um, we then got our Pinterest, um, Pinterest account, if you will, up to date because we hadn't been on Pinterest. And I'm like, okay, instead of focusing on like, how can I create more content? Because that's more time and energy. Why don't I just take the content that we already have on pod on the podcast, take it and make sure that we are sharing it and getting it in front of new eyeballs like Pinterest. And there's a million different ways that you can do this and you can chop and, and reuse content. Um, if you're doing a webinar, some of the content that you might be using in your webinar will probably go into the course or whatever coaching program, or if you offer something at the end, you're probably actually pulling things from your offer to go into your webinar, to go then go into your opt-in. And I just want to give you permission that that is 100% okay. Because I think oftentimes if we feel like, let's say we just are blasting people or we've already posted about something that's coming up twice on Facebook, we think that the entire world has seen it and they haven't. And the people who need to see it will see it, but we have to tell them and share it um, more than just once. And we have to be able to get over that. So I give you permission to know that it is okay to repurpose your content and make minor tweaks to it and just package it in a different way so that you don't have to always feel like you're creating content all the time. Now to create your content calendar, you can easily use a Google doc and name it content calendar. 
This is, this is exactly what we do. Then you can create a, the, and the, actually what I'm going to share with you is exactly what we do. Um, create a column for date, title, category, and then ideas. And this is a very bare bones, um, bare bones one, but there are different ways that you can enrich it. So for example, when you feel comfortable, you could create a content calendar labeled like a, a new column that says opt-in so that you are creating your free content and then you are having an opt-in that goes along with it. So then every time you produce content, you're always including an opt-in with it. And again, you don't have to create new opt-ins every single time. You just might have to create one core opt-in that you share on your podcast, on your blog, or you share on your video um, every time you produce it. And so it's super, super easy to do that. You fill in the date column of when your content is scheduled to launch. So if it's every month, then you wanna put in the dates for let's say every Monday. So I have a content calendar that has, um, it's a spreadsheet and then there's a tab for January, February, March, April, May, June, you get it, so on and so forth. So let's say if we're in January, I, include all the dates for January for the Monday launches. So there's only four lines or typically like four or five. And just seeing all the dates will help you go through and make notes about certain dates, like we were saying, going back to the health example. And you can use the column ideas to help brainstorm about what you may want to launch on a certain date. And then you're ready to commit to a certain piece of content and you can fill in the title and category. And when you're filling in your content calendar, you'll then use your Evernote document with your ideas that you could you, that you captured to help schedule out content. And then when you're ready to create your content, you can move on to step three. Ooh, okay, so let's take a pause because I think that was a lot of information. So step one, you're gonna create a designated place to collect all of your content that you're gonna use. This is, pa whether this is passive or active, you're just gonna have one main document. And typically if I pull a piece of content um, or an idea off of that list of brainstorming ideas, I will delete it just because I've already used it and I'm using it. Now, the second piece, the creating the content calendar, you first have to decide what days you're launching, how frequently are you launching, and then make the appropriate columns to do so so that you can organize based on launch date, what's the topic, what's the title, what are the categories. I will schedule out content typically in a quarter's time or three months in advance. So I will sit down, let's just say, last December sat down and I mapped out what each week piece of content would be for Monday or not Monday, excuse me, for January, February, and March. And I then looked at my Evernote and I also, I pulled up my Evernote, I pulled up the content calendar and then I decided, okay, when are we going to do solo casts? When are we going to do interviews? What type of, you know, it's the new year, what type of topics and things are going to be popular at this time. And then basically I would then put a note um, in a column where I would have just like ideas and notes. So it wasn't as if it was final, but I would just kind of make the first draft of what the next three months would look like in terms of content. And then I would do this, fill it out, tweak it, make sure. And then I would go back through and put finalizing touches on. Typically, I would do the draft in day one and then I would go and finalize it on day two. And that's when I would really start to take the next step of actually building out the content is step three. And that is create outline slash your first draft. So you've already put in your ideas. You're pretty firm on exactly what content's launching on what day. And I found that sitting down and attempting to go through an entire creation, a content creation process in one sweep to be difficult. And what I mean by that is to go from brainstorm to scheduling out the content calendar, to creating the outline, to then 
podcast producing to then scheduling, which I don't do every single step of the process anymore. I hire out VAs, which they're amazing. And I just am so grateful for them, but I still do a lot. But what I have found is that when you break up the actual content creation part, you're able to step away from what you've created and then come back in the next either day or few days with refreshed eyes. And this entire process, you'll want to batch, which I'll cover that once we're through the five different steps. So keep in mind, mega batching and batching. But for here, when you decide which content idea you want to produce and build out an outline and talk about, you then want to create that outline with notes. This part doesn't have to be perfect. You're basically typing with the stream of consciousness. Whatever comes to mind regarding that topic you decided on. This is extremely helpful because you're giving yourself a judgment-free zone to create and type out a certain subject with zero pressure for it to be perfect. I have found that when I know that I'm sitting down and I tell myself, Amanda, you are just expanding on this content. You are just writing anything that comes to mind. There are no rules. There are no judgments. You just get to be messy and you write it. Everything flows. It flows so much easy, like just so like easier in that moment because I can just get it out and I'm not worried about making the outline perfect. I'm not worried about getting that perfect because I know that there's still another step before I actually sit down and produce the podcast episode. For this, I recommend create a folder um, and I do this in Evernote or you could do it in Google Docs and I label mine podcast episodes. And then within that podcast episode folder, I create a document for each of the SoloCast podcast episodes. And when you go to do this, I recommend setting a timer for how long you want to brainstorm your outline. And this helps create intense focus for what it is you're about to work on. I typically give myself 30 minute increments and I say, okay, Amanda, I want to see how much content you can bang out on this one topic and expand it in 30 minutes, ready, set, go. And that typically helps to get out the first messy draft of um, the content outline. So that's step three. Step four, so this is after you've had a, like a day or two. Um, I don't recommend doing it within the same day because your eyes are still, um, I'm sure there's like science backed on this, but I, I, I'm not 100% sure. I can just speak from experience that if I write an outline in the afternoon and then I try to go to edit, um, if I write an outline in the morning and I try to edit in the afternoon, I don't see as clearly and as dynamically as I do when I give myself an entire day in between. Um, And I also don't recommend doing all the steps in one sitting. And I'll talk about that in just a little bit because it takes a lot of energy and could create stress for you, which is what we want to avoid during this process. So when you're in this step, you'll want to take your outline and expand upon it, right? We're in the finalize and proof. You may even reorder things, delete things. That is okay. You are supposed to edit and figure out what do you want the main messaging of this content to be. You may also find yourself doing additional research on the web to help expand your content that you're writing about to help generate ideas for it. Again, you're not plagiarizing. I don't want you to do that, but you can feel free to use the web to spark different ideas so that maybe it might spark something different in you that you can then add to that piece of content. By the end of step four, what you want to do is you want to have a solid outline. So you want to be able to pull it up and press record for your podcast episode. You want to then either, or if it's a blog post, you want to be able to take that outline and upload it into Squarespace or WordPress or whatever you're using. You want it to be locked and loaded, finalized, ready to go. And then step five is the produce and schedule. This is the final step. And again, 
This step might be, it may be, you know, slightly different depending upon whether you're producing a blog post, a podcast, or a YouTube video, but your production and scheduling process may be a little different. One of the key things to have part of this process is the social sharing. So make sure you're including that. How do you plan to market your content and get it out into the world? Is it, um, you know, we use Meet Edgar, but then when we have guests on, we also ask them to share their story. And so just making sure that you have a way to get eyeballs on your content so people can engage with you and find value from what you are sharing in the world. Okay. So to recap the five steps, number one is that, you know, this is the brainstorm data phase collection. Number two, you want to create your content calendar. Number three, create your first draft, your outline. Number four, finalize and proof. And number five is produce and schedule. Now, the most important part of this entire process aren't necessarily the steps themselves as much as it is having a proper system in place with checklists, templates, and batching schedule because creating content becomes repetitive in terms of the process. And what we want to do is we want to eliminate as much energy. We want to eliminate any of the tasks or any of the thinking that we have to do or any time we're expending energy when we don't necessarily need to, which is why the templates and the process and the automation is key and ultimately outsourcing some of those things that you no longer have to do. Now let's talk about the execution of the whole process and let's start with what is called batching. Batching is when you do like tasks together. The purpose of batching is to help you work in larger chunks of time in order to be as in order to be more efficient and avoid going in and out of the process and switching between tasks. So for example, instead of sitting down for two hours and doing one blog post from start to finish, you would sit down and do only one part of the process for two hours. It would look like you are working on, you You might sit down for two hours and work on the brainstorm and data collection phase for those two hours, but you'd be doing it for four weeks or six weeks worth of content, right? Then the next time you sit down, you would spend the two hours focusing on step two, which is the content calendar creation. And so again, instead of using two hours to go start to finish, because you're going in and out of multiple different types and parts of the process, you would then sit down for two hours and go through step one, but you would do it for four to six weeks worth of content. Then you would sit down for two hours and do step two and do it for four to six weeks weeks worth of content. And you would continue to build it. And that is to help you become more efficient and get into the flow. Batching also lets you work ahead. Instead of sitting down and producing one blog post the week before it launches from start to finish, you can sit down and produce an entire month and a half worth of content. And I do this with podcasting. So I always strive to be four to six weeks ahead so that I can complete everything I need to do in one week. And then I'm not in and out of the process again for another month. At first, it was such a difference from being in and out of the process every single day to only being in it, in and out, I guess you could say once um, for four days a month. So I was, I used to do podcast interviews, let's say every single Tuesday afternoon, every single week, and I'd leave my calendar open. Now it is narrowed down where I have an afternoon. It's typically the first Tuesday of every month. And those are the only times that I do podcast interviews for people that are coming on the show because I found that I have made the first week of the month podcast producing month, which then goes into mega batching, which is a whole different subject, which I hope to release a podcast episode down the line about mega batching. But first, let's just work with 
batching. And you then want to schedule your chunks of time on your calendar to get ahead of this time. And maybe you can designate a week each month to producing your content. And this requires you to pull, I want you to pull out your calendar and schedule ahead of time versus being reactive with your schedule. Instead of saying, oh, I'll just produce next week's content in a few days. Like the pain isn't worth it. Like it's not, it's not as painful for me to work on it right now. Like there's not a sense of urgency, but I will tell you that when you work weeks ahead in your content and it is already scheduled to go and you're not waiting there to the last minute, oh, it makes it so it just feels so good. I remember that I, when, when times would come in, in the podcast episode wasn't scheduled and it was Sunday night. And like, for whatever reason, like we had to tweak things or add things. Like I would always have anxiety on Sunday nights, but then when it started that I like forced myself to be able to get ahead of the production schedule and it would come Sunday night and I wasn't thinking about the podcast, like it was glorious and it freed up so much more mental space. So when you go through these steps, I want you to pull out your calendar And I want you to identify when you're going to be doing which part of the process. And maybe you're flying somewhere in the future. And that's a really great time to work on your outlines or your final draft. When you plan the chunks of time on your calendar, don't just type work on blogcast, blog, um, blogcast, work on blog post or work on podcast, actually type out what you want to produce in that time. So in that 30 minute interval, you want to produce your outline for episode 252. I also want you to break these chunks of time on your calendar into 30 minute intervals. I don't want you just to block out a four hour window and be like work on podcast or work on blog because what happens is is that you're not specific with the outcome that you want to achieve within that time frame. It's going to be easy for your brain to keep it vague and therefore you're not going to be as diligent about execution because you need to make it as specific as possible so that when it comes time to get to work you know exactly what you need to do and you know exactly what type, um, what, what needs to be the outcome and what you need to produce in that amount of time. So in addition to batching, you want to create checklists from start to finish for every piece of content you produce. Again, I'm going to pause. All this might sound overwhelming. I'm giving you everything that I, this has taken years for me to learn. And so if you can find some piece to basically, um, find an entry point into anything that I've shared in the past 30 minutes, um, and just take that and start to build on it, that is success. So do not overwhelm yourself and being like, Oh my gosh, how am I going to do every start to finish? Like just start somewhere. That's all I want you to do. Just start somewhere. So I recommend grabbing a blank sheet of paper. So in order to do this and break out your process, and I do this for all the processes that I um, have in my business and I use Asana, grab a blank sheet of paper and write out every single step you do uh, for every single piece of content, like whether it's blogging or YouTubing or podcasting, and just write it out, whatever comes to mind. Don't worry about the order of it. Don't discount how small you think the step is because ultimately you're going to start to outsource pieces of this process to someone else. And once you write out all the steps, then you go back and you actually number them. The final step is to then transfer, once you have them in orders, to transfer into a project management tool. As you know, I use Asana. I love it. You can create a blog post, podcast episode, YouTube template, so that every time you go to create a piece of content, um, you can use this template, assign it to yourself or something or someone else on your team, and you can assign due dates and away you go. If you're asking yourself, is this worth for me to create even though it's just me, 1000% yes, because you have to get in the position in the mindset that it's not just always going to be you. 
you're going to bring on other team. And the sooner you get ready to get ready, the more you're going to bring that into your world, into your life and into your business. So yes, it is so important to map out every piece of the, the puzzle and the process, even if it's you who are, who's still doing it, it's still worth it because at some day you're going to outsource that. And then you also never have to wonder what part of the process you're in or where you're at with producing content. Okay. Some final tips and suggestions for content creation process. Um, timers are your best friends. Decide what time intervals you want to work in. And in when you're moving through these steps, uh, like I said, I like to use the 30 minutes um, typically, and I'll do it for 25 minutes to give myself a five minute break. And 25 minute sprints are long enough to get into the work, but short enough that they allow me to create a sense of urgency when I just need to get stuff done. Um, and I usually get up, go to the bathroom, refill my water and stretch. And then, uh, the second piece is that I close all my windows on my computer screen and place my phone on airplane mode or put it somewhere else in the room. Cause it's just way too easy to pick it up at some time, scroll on social media, get on Instagram, check email, and you want to eliminate any and all distractions while you're doing it. Because if your time is limited, which I, it's limited and it's valuable. You want to make sure that you are using it effectively. Um, just any and all the time, but for the purpose of this, this solo cast and creating content, like you want to be in the zone when you are doing it for today's episode, because yes, there is so much in here and I want you to get the most out of today's podcast episode. I've actually created a freebie that you can download that not only recaps this episode, but allows you to do some brainstorming. And I've got some screen grabs of, um, my content calendar through Google docs. You can just, you can head to sheet it at her way podcast.com forward slash content creation. Again, it's she did at her way podcast.com forward slash content creation. I hope you have an amazing day and I will see you back here next week. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head on over to she did it her way.com where you can access the entire vault of she did it her way podcast episodes. And you can also access free trainings and resources all about how to make the ultimate leap from your nine to five. And if you enjoyed today's podcast episode, I would be so grateful if you headed on over to iTunes and left a review, letting me know what you love about the she did it her way podcast. Until next time, keep doing it your way.